If one of the things that's very important to you is to not wake up on January 21st with the visa hangover, this is how you get the anchor up off the bottom one inch today. Did you know that we have three very complicated interconnected relationships that when one gets a little out of whack, it might affect the other relationships. Ooh, what are those? Your relationship with money, your relationship with people, and your relationship with self. Wow, sounds like there's a lot there. The intersection of those three relationships is what we call financial sobriety. Maybe we should introduce ourselves. What do you think? Oh, that's a good idea. Jim Gebhardt. And I'm Matthew Grishman. We are the co-creators of the podcast, Financial Sobriety. Well, and you're the author of the book, Financial Sobriety. Well, which led to the podcast. Let's go. What are you grateful for today, brother? My gratitude today is it's a little different. We're in the middle of a massive remodel. You don't say. And I don't I don't know if I've ever talked about it on the show, but this is something that's been in the works for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding that one of the things I'm grateful for about this process, and this goes to an aspect of my character that goes all the way back to probably when I was like nine or 10 years old. I have an obsession with quality. I have an obsession with craftsmanship. I have an obsession with things that are done well. I don't have to, it doesn't have to be like my thing, but I just have a wonderful appreciation when something is done very well by somebody that's very good at their craft. Sure. And as we go through this remodel and the house is right, it's going to get uglier before it gets pretty again. And I am grateful that we have craftsmen that can still make beautiful stuff and that things that have been that I've seen that have been broken for the 15 years we've owned the house. (laughs) And I, I don't mean broken in the sense that. Sure. They don't work, but they just they're made crappy. They were made crappy. Yeah. They were installed crappy. They weren't quality products to begin with. They've disintegrated and they've got gremlins in them. Yeah. And to now see those things, as we would say, right the ship, right? Yeah. As as those things are being corrected, improved, modified, enhanced using the best techniques, technology, commercial products available. That's what my gratitude is today, because I walk around the house now in you know it, it, as it's deconstructed, I see things that are being redone. I'll give you a great example is in one of the bathrooms, all the tile work that's being done. I mean, there is not a chance on God's green earth that there's ever going to be a water leak in this space with the amount of belt and suspenders and belt and suspenders that has gone into the preparation. Another thing we talk a lot about Mm -hmm. is I'm obsessed with that concept it's all about the preparation, right? Like if you've ever painted a bedroom or something, it is agony to get to the point where you're actually doing the painting. Right. The pre-painting takes three days longer than the painting. Right. But it's all that setup that makes the painting that much more effortless, enjoyable, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. It's just, that's my gratitude today is when I walk around and I see things that are being done very well, like we're building a deck off of our master bedroom and if, if and when there is an earthquake in Northern California, I will go on that deck. That'll be your safe It is spot. not moving. Right. That is not going to move with the kind of timbers that they're putting in and the engineering that went into the foundation and blah, blah, blah. So that's my gratitude today. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. That's cool stuff. Mine's steak. Like a steak in the ground? Oh, no, like a steak in my tummy. 
Oh, excellent. Good steak. And it's not really the steak that I'm grateful for. It's what I have that prepares that steak. And I love what your gratitude was because I was thinking about what I was grateful for this morning. Which was steak. Which was steak because we had some leftover steak from these beautiful prime cuts of meat that I was able to grill. And what I'm really grateful for is my Weber grill. Like you said. Are we? Are they sponsoring us now? No, but oh. things that are made of quality. I was yes. just thinking this morning, some of these things that I kind of just take for granted all the time, hey, I'm able to cook food and it tastes great. But really trying to not take for granted some of these little things that I take for granted, one of those being my Weber grill, which in the spirit of what you just shared of gratitude, things that are made incredibly well. I have a lot of gratitude for this little grill I have on my deck yeah. that can cook a steak as as good, if not better than any restaurant I might go to and eat a steak. Well, come, okay, let's slow down for a second and explain why that is. Can I explain why that is? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. I'm confused. What is the purpose of you having a grill? So I can cook my steak. You don't cook your steak. I grill my steak. No, you don't. Well, I, I char it's my on, steak. It's on for seconds. Well, except I overcooked this steak. I have had somewhere over under 200 steaks with this man. Yeah. And I can order for him in a restaurant. Yes. Black and blue or as rare as legally possible. There you go. <laughs> when he looks at Hector the server, that's always how it is ordered. <laughs> exactly. But see, Lucas was possibly having steak with us. And Lucas doesn't like it as raw black as I and like blue. it. Right. Cold. Right. And uh, oh, sorry. I, I forgot. I messed up. Black and cold. On a cold plate. Cold. It has to be a cold plate. Thank if it's you. a sizzling plate, it keeps cooking it. That Which drives really me nuts. probably messes up the kitchen because the salad plate's normally cold, not the dinner plate. Exactly. So I want my steak on a salad plate. What I was grateful for this morning was having a little bit of that leftover cold steak for breakfast. Oh, it was just so tasty. And how does Lucas like his steak prepared? He likes his cooked a little bit more. So I, I left it on the grill a little longer. A li okay, let's be specific. A little bit more? Is he medium rare? Is He's he medium? medium well. So I made these medium. Medium well. So yeah. you put those in your shoes. I did. Yeah. I did. They became the soles of my shoes with the leftovers, but I chose to eat them and eat them instead. Well, you can eat them or eat them. Ate it doesn't them. matter. <laughs> it's green eggs and ham. <laughs> exactly. At least I didn't slip the rosin and hydroxyan snide today. Thank you. You like that? No, I'm I am very, very grateful for my Weber grill and for my steak this morning. It was very, very tasty, and it's given me a full belly and nice. lots of good brain power, hopefully, to be here today. So what are we talking about today, Clem? Oh, I think the more appropriate question is, what aren't we talking about today? Gotcha. So this is six-part Megla series? Well, I just think after the time that we spent with Jeff and Teresa kind of modeling for our tribe here, what the Clarity Compass experience is like, I think it probably makes some sense just to spend some more time talking about why we do that and, and connect the dots between how that Clarity Compass exercise not only is going to be a benefit to Jeff and Teresa, as they just shared with us, but also, you know, how, how that's going to be a benefit to anybody here in the Financial Sobriety Tribe who decided to play along with us. What can we predict about their future? What do we see coming over the next couple of months, especially with the holidays, the least financially sober time of year? And I think we can even take a little step back from that and talk a little bit about what is actually going on in the world. You and I have seen dozens and dozens of headlines the last several days as our stock market has been gyrating in every different direction, trying to give us some indication of what the future holds. Because what, what most of us may not be aware of is the stock market itself 
is considered what we call a leading indicator. It's a leading indicator of economic health in our country. Yeah, it's forward-looking. Yeah. So it, so whatever the stock market is doing today, it's trying to tell us economically what's to come in the near to intermediate term in the future. Yeah. I don't necessarily trust that anymore as a leading indicator mm. just because of the changes that have mm. gone on and how the stock market works. There's a whole episode there, Clem. <laughs> you think? Yeah. So, so I think it's important, given the fact that you and I have lost a little bit of faith in the stock market's ability to be somewhat of a leading indicator, to try to help people see what's really going on in the world today, despite the headlines. What's going on in the world today? I don't know. You tell me. What's going on in the world today? Well, you have the agenda. I'm the color. Com I'm, I'm color commentator today. Oh, oh, are you going to be my? I'm John Madden. You're going to no. I'm the. I'm John. It's John. Oh no, that's right. Pat Summerall was the. Well, uh, you know, you see, uh, that's uh, that's a hell of a play he's got there. <laughs> All right, you can be my John Madden. I, I think a little bit of a of an update on what's going on with the Fed. I think talking a little bit about wake up. Oh, the Fed. Yeah. Sorry. What? What's That'll happened? put everybody to sleep if I, we talk about this. Well, not the way you and I talk about it. Okay. Because we're going to talk about what's really going on. But I, I think talking about the Fed, talking about what's happening in these two policy places that you and I have mentioned on the show, fiscal and monetary policy, you know, are they working together or are they working kind of in conflict with each other? And what does that all mean? Can't we all get along? The, that's what we're trying to do with this show, Right. We're trying to create the ultimate place where we can all just get along all right. and see the truth. But going into the holiday season, I think there's a lot of stuff we can communicate about what's happening and why the exercise of a clarity compass is going to help us move through this holiday season with the stated goal you and I have for every single January 21st we come in contact with. What happens Every January 21st, plus or minus a couple of days. Uh, inauguration. You, you, good. That's a good guess. Not the right answer for this question, though. That's Try every, again. That's every four years. Right. But what happens on or around every January 21st? Well. They, I, I, and I know of one special to us, but that's not the one I'm thinking about I either. I know. You I can know. say it, though. That's when you get the Visa card. Ah, that's when you get this, ah, the, the credit ah, card statement. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Right around the third week of January is when that bill comes in the mail to remind us how mindless we were during the holidays. Potentially. I have something, I have something else to add in the way of gratitude then. Oh, please do. I was reviewing our bank accounts the other day because mm -hmm. going Ow back to ours is in me and you or ours is in you and Beth? As, uh, me and Beth. Oh, okay. And given our remodel situation, there's a wee bit of cash that's moving around ins and outs. And, and I was like, what account is this? I told what, what account is this? I had no idea. I was like, I was completely, I was looking at it. I'm like. Wait, you found an account that you did not know you had? Yeah. Huh. It's our Christmas fund. <laughs> That's awesome. I loved it. I, I And you there. didn't set it up? I did set it up. Oh, you just forgot about it. I set it up. I funded it. We funded every month. And I had forgotten about it. So the brain had a little goes ins and goes out moment. It was it was like when you do the laundry and you and you reach in the pants pocket afterwards to like put the and you twenty bucks in there. Uh huh. There was a little bit more than twenty bucks in there, and I was like, "Oh, that feels really good." Christmas, there will be no Christmas hangover. It will all be prepaid. It's prepaid. What a beautiful layaway plan. Ah, oh, it felt so good. Even though this isn't directly on 
the agenda today. Let's talk about that for a minute. Because well, that's, that's this kind is, of my job assignment on the show is to derail your agenda. <laughs> Thank you. Well, okay. it's, it's within the agenda because we're trying to prepare for the upcoming holiday season. And you, without even realizing it or remember it, now, full disclosure. Remembered it. Right. I just forgot. As I was going to say, what did we talk about in studio last time? No clue. Exactly. My point. So you've got a great forgetter. And for the benefit of this show, it's even more fun. So talk, talk about that for a minute. How... When did you establish it? How did you fund it? Do you remember those things? Yeah, yeah. This is probably year three of of having that set aside. Okay. One of the things that has worked the absolute best for us the last, I don't know, ha- handful of years are auto transfers, auto mm. savings, mm. right? We talk a lot about the concept of it comes right off the top. So paycheck comes in, savings goes out Paychecks into another goes account. goes in, the 529 contributions go off the top. The, For the kids' college. Yeah, all of them. Right. All 20, oh, yeah, 22 of them. yeah, a few of those, yeah. yeah. Um, we should just start our own college. I don't, know, I don't know what we're doing. You should start your own baby factory. Uh, that uh, that factory's closed. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the, we don't have our property taxes escrowed. We do that ourselves. Okay. That goes off the top. Okay. The Christmas fund goes off the top. Okay. And pretty much 10% savings, not always, but that that one I don't have automated. I, I manually push that one. The other thing we do at the end of the month is if there's anything in our operating account, right, the main goes ins, it goes outs account. Right, the pay everybody else account. If there's, we've developed a nice little habit with that, that on the last day of the month, knowing that we have paychecks and such being deposited the next day, if there's anything in that account... I go back to one of my favorite characters on Dora the Explorer. I become Swiper. Mm. Only in this case, it's Swiper. Yes, swiping, not uh, no swiping. I swipe. You pull it out and you put it where? Back in our savings account. Lovely. It disappears. So you, you've you developed a little bit of a bookend strategy with this whole pay yourself first concept. You're paying yourself first and last. If? If there's something left. Yes. Now, what is fascinating about this is you said you've been doing this now for about three years. Yeah. Prior to doing this, money would come into your bank account at the beginning of the month, and then what would happen? It would go out. To everybody else? Yeah. Was there generally anything left over? No. Yet now, and and has your pay substantially increased these last three years, or are you and I still paying each other kind of the same? Uh, We are still pretty much paying one another the same. (laughs) Okay. So... Something has happened where somehow you made a decision. I'm hoping through some of the conversation that we've been having in here and personally, where instead of paying everybody else first, you decided to start paying yourself first. See, see right off the top. Yes, sir. And yet there still seems to be enough to pay for everything else you need to pay for. And on occasion, there's even money left over. That's correct. Holy shnikes, Batman. Well, it's, it's, How's that happen? It's the discipline muscle that we've always talked about, right? It's the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. If the money's not there, you can't spend it. That's our that's our mindset. I'm going to push you to tell you it's, it's that and. And this is going to tie back to the why. Fed? why oh, we're getting there. Okay. Why Jeff and Teresa were brave enough to do Clarity Compass for the whole world to watch. You and Beth are crystal clear on the people, places, and experiences that are most important to you. You may not have been three or four years ago. 
True. Because when your money would come in and you'd pay out everybody you owe money to, there was rarely anything left. And you felt like, you know, we're right here. We're barely treading water. Yet our pay has remained relatively the same. You're paying yourself from what it sounds like between the 529s, the Christmas fund, the 10% savings, the tax that you don't escrow, that you're putting more than 10% off the top away for yourself. Oh, and yeah. yet there's still enough to pay everybody else you need to pay. Well, the the thought bubble that's coming in is if it's not there, you can't spend it. Sure. Right? So if those things so come off the go. top, yeah. then you got to let other stuff go. Like, well, yeah, nah, we don't, you know, we don't need that right now. You don't need the extra boba this week? Whatever it is. Sure. Right? And with the technology being what it is, you can easily glance and go, oh, it's the 17th of the month and there's that much left, huh? $17 hmm. left in the checking account. All hmm. right. Well, here we go. And we make it difficult because we, we segregate them out into different accounts. Sure. Right? So it's not easy to just go grab it from one savings account and whoosh, sweep it back. Now, hey, there's plenty of times, full disclosures, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, there are plenty of times where life happens, orthodontia happens, an emergency room happens, this happens, you name it. And we've got we to pull something back over to cover. Those are called emergency expenses, and yeah, we, which have we have an emergency savings account yes, for that. God bless. That's yes. the whole point I, of I funding did, that I account. Didn't always, I didn't always have that. Yeah. I really fully believe in my heart that you're able to cover all the things you have to cover every month because you're clear, because you've gone through the Clarity Compass, and it's a lot easier for you and Beth now to say no to this so we can say yes to that. I would agree. That's beautiful. Why is this important right now? Why do you think us having this conversation about paying yourself first, being intentional, having the discipline muscle, going through the Clarity Compass this time of year, October, November, why are we going through the Clarity Compass now? It's preparation. It is flexing your discipline muscle as we go into the craziest time of the year when it comes to I want, I want, I want, or... Going back to some of your old playbook, I want to be able to shower my people right. uh, with stuff. Yep. That's what the holidays have really devolved into. We, in our family, try to make it more about experiences in the context of our home being remodeled. <laughs> That's quite an experience. We don't, we don't have any concept of what Christmas is going to be like in terms of a Christmas tree. Do we have any room for a Christmas tree? All six family members are going to be living in the equivalent of a studio apartment. And yet, both the girls want to be home for Christmas. Oh, wow. I got kind of emotional about it because for me, it, it, it was a symbol. It was a sign that to them, it's not about the place. It's about being together. Yeah. Right? So we're going to make it more about experiences and less about stuff. And we're like broken records on this, on this conversation around preparation and discipline. But if you want to have a different experience this holiday season and not get to the 21st of January, 2023, with an oh, shit moment when yep. the credit card comes in, then you got to do something different. Right. And that's why we are going to continue to have the same exact conversation over and over and over. Because I know some of our tribe, the very first time we had this conversation, decided to make a change. But then I know there are people who are part of this conversation who heard what we had to say, but that would be gosh, nice. That, that yeah, sounds nice. That's not for me. That's, I can't that's do, for them. That's I can't for them. Do that. Yeah, right. yeah. I, but I can't do that. No, no. And sure enough, they woke up 
on January 21st, while we were here celebrating victory, feeling pretty low about themselves. And and my heart just was full of feeling that feeling with them. And, well, because we can more than empathize it because we've we've been there been ourselves. There, been there, done that. Yeah. And not all that long ago. So we did it again. And then we came to the January 21st of last year. And we celebrated again. And yet there were people who reached out to us who told us, you know, I'm so grateful for the work you two do. I just don't think I'm capable of that. You are imminently capable. Absolutely. It's not fun. No. You want to be able to go a little, you know, a little mad, a little cuckoo, a little nutty with showering your people with gifts. Yeah. But there's also a stark reality, particularly against the, the backdrop of the economy mm-hmm. and what's going on. Oh, I'm especially afraid this year. Well. And, and I'll get there in a second here. Please so finish your thought. in our financial sobriety lingo, this is a sobering time. There's a lot of things going on, and we would strongly encourage our community to, to use this opportunity to do it differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to not just throw the towel in and go, okay, well, this one, you know, we're going to overspend again this holiday season, right? That's what we are very well trained to do. But if it's not in your financial best interest anymore, you are capable of doing this. I don't think I'm unusual with this, but, you know, we'll get a $200 refund check from something or we'll get, you know, we'll get 52 bucks back in the mail from refund on something that we, you know, that we used a credit card for. I I, I can't really articulate this very well. Probably going to get a little stimulus money here from thank you state of California in the next couple of weeks. Right. And what I like to do is I like to actually cash those little checks uh-huh. and squirrel them away. Mm, like a nut in a tree? Like a nut in a tree. Which tree do you put them in? I can't tell you that. Okay. That gives me some cash to be able to do some things during, and I intentionally use it for the holidays. Sure. Right? But you don't have to do that as much because- I don't. You've done that already I this don't, year. but where I'm going with that idea is just do what nobody else does and accumulate some physical cash. I told a client not too long ago that was really struggling with debt. Their income was nowhere near what their lifestyle was. They were in the process of trying to, I think she had 11 credit cards. Boy, vey. None of which had high balances in, in dollar terms, but when you add it all up, uh-huh. it was a year's worth of her income. Wow. That's not a very comfortable place to be. Yeah, I can attest to that. So one of my suggestions to her was, to, to get on a better pattern with the spending. We've talked a lot about the tangibility of money. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, go into your household budget and look at those things that you splurge on on a monthly basis, add it all up, take half of that amount, and go to the bank and get cash. So let's pretend it was $200 a month. Go to the bank and get $100 in cash, ideally in fives and tens. Mm-hmm. Put it in an envelope, put it in your sock drawer, whatever your your kitchen drawer, wherever your, your junk drawer is, mm-hmm. right? And that's all you got. And when it's gone, you're done. Just just little things like that. So if you want to... Have you circled back with her on that? Yeah, she's she's down to seven credit cards. Oh, good. She has sent me pictures of them cut up, which has been part of the homework assignment. Beautiful. They're paid off. I need a picture. How does she do with that cash? What happens as a result of your spending money being cash instead of a swipe, a bleep, a tap, a click... I think for if, her, for if her. she if she were self grading, she would give herself a B to B minus. Fabulous, right? Huge progress from a dead F. Oh, if you're right? a dead F and you're up in the if you're passing, if you got a C or better, 
Yeah. Huge progress. Huge. This isn't about perfection. No, it's no, about no, no, progress. no. The, huge, huge progress. Yeah, yeah. So if if the Christmas fund, if if wanting to do something different this holiday season and not have a credit card statement that you know makes you take your breath away, you've got time left on the clock to do something about it. Absolutely. And start wherever you can start. Right off the top, the next deposit you get. Remember. We don't have to get the anchor all the way in the boat to get in motion. Yeah. We just need to get it up an inch. Here's one inch. The next payroll deposit that hits your bank account, take $50, $100, $200, whatever is comfortable to you. Let's call 1%, it— 1%, 2%, something. Exactly. Yeah. Right off the top into a savings account. Or cash. I'm good either way. Or take the cash out and put it in an envelope— that's just like what Jeff and Teresa experienced and everybody we've ever taken through the Clarity Compass has experienced. What am I going to do today to get started to be able to fill this value? If one of the things that's very important to you is to not wake up on January 21st with the visa hangover, this is how you get the anchor up off the bottom one inch today. That next paycheck. Love it. Just do that. Love it. I'm so glad we're talking about this because I am really, really nervous about this upcoming holiday season because of what's happening in our world today with the Federal Reserve Bank, with our government, the decisions that they're making. And and, and this is all kind of follow-on because all this talk about inflation would normally get me thinking, well, heck, nobody's going to spend any money this holiday season, right? Because prices are up. Who are you looking at? Everybody, oh. everybody that we got, we got a whole audience here today in the studio. Gotcha. I've, been, I've been talking with you here. Can and we call them our studio audience? I've always wanted ooh, to say that. We have a studio audience today. I like it. We have Ace in studio. We've got JD in studio, and we even have a special guest, Miles Grishman, in studio today. Observing, it's Dad take his son to work today. Exactly, today. I love it. I, if only he could have flown me here today. We're getting there. We're working on that. That's when we do the show on location. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's common. No, I, what's got you anxious there, Clem? What's got me anxious is this whole talk of inflation and the Fed trying to smash demand. They're gonna. They're gonna, but what did all of the service and product manufacturers in our world do as a result of missing out on all the money they could have made during COVID when all of the stimulus money was out, but everything was shut down and nobody could go spend a dollar? Supply. All the stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm reading more and more articles about clothing stores, auto manufacturers, parts suppliers. The inventory has been built. They've over-inventoried. All this stuff is now sitting on their shelves to make up for the products and services that couldn't be sold. Yeah, but they'll just they'll put that stuff on sale. What's the problem? Uh-huh. <laughs> Do you know what a sale does to somebody like me? Yeah. It makes, it's kryptonite. It makes me feel like I'm losing money if I don't go buy 10 of those today because they're on sale. Spaving. Uh-huh. This is scaring the ever-loving shit out of me right now. Is it scaring you for you or is it scaring you for our tribe? It's scaring me for our tribe. Okay. Because even though I can sit here today and tell you I'm not going to go swiping this holiday season, I am— well aware enough of my spendaholic ways that I can have just some crazy thought come into my head as I'm perusing some store somewhere because I have to be somewhere 
where I could get that slippery thought that goes, ooh, I've always wanted that, and it's half off. Well, ooh, got, I better get three. You got 10, 10, 10, baby. I got 10, 10, 10. Yeah. I got tools, and I've got accountability partners. So I'm, I'm not as worried for myself, even though I know I'm never going to be cured of my spendaholism, and I have to work hard every single day at using the tools that we've created here at Financial Sobriety to keep me on, on track, right? Absolutely. Because 99% of the time I get off track, I need financial sobriety to bring me right back. I am very fearful for our tribe. I'm fearful for our community. I don't, I don't carry this and lose sleep over it, but it's at least worthy of a conversation today in studio. We've got a Federal Reserve Board, as you've talked about, doing everything they can to put the brakes on. Yeah. Inflation is out of control. Right. And we haven't seen it like this in 40 years. Three levers. Social Security Administration just increased the largest increase in the cost of living adjustment. We've, we refer to that as a COLA. Right. Cost of living adjustment for 2023 of 8.7%. Ooh, that's no diet COLA. It was that's, five uh, something last year. Five, nine, five, six, something that, like that. That was more diet COLA. This one's like full blown all the sugar you can 8. possibly get. 8.7% increase in Social Security. That tells you that the cost of living and the changes that are going on are real. And as we've talked about on the show, people are having to choose between filling their fridge, filling the tank in their car, or filling their medicine cabinet with prescriptions because the cost of everything is up. Yep. And with supply starting to catch up, right, well, part of what I think you were talking about is that supply is catching up, but demand is going to... Drop. Drop. Yeah. Demand is already dropping. Right. Another Supply way, is going beyond catching up is what is the fear. Another thing you could go look at, and if you don't believe us, go just go look at commodity prices on things like wood, lumber. Go look at other basic commodity prices that, you know, different metals and go look at shipping and the cost. I mean, a lot of the shipping container prices used to be two to four grand a container. During the COVID and the, the post-COVID, those went to like $25,000 a container. Yep. Those are way back down. Yep. So some of that pig in the python in terms of the glut that happened due to the supply chain, those things are starting to catch back up. So you have a combination of supply is increasing and demand is declining. Right. What's that going to do to prices? Cue the crickets. <laughs> right. It's going to make That's them really attractive That's to a me. Cricket. That's a cricket sound. Yeah. On the investor side of the balance sheet, not the spending side of the balance sheet, yeah. I met with clients yesterday that, that are, for the first time in their lives, they are excited to have tremendous amounts of cash looking for investments. In their particular case, they're looking for real estate investments. Mm-hmm. And they are very excited at the fact that interest rates are going up, which is, going, which is dramatically affecting the real estate market, cooling that off dramatically. Oh, yeah. Should continue. We'll talk about the anticipated Fed moves here in a second while everybody's still awake. <laughs> and I'm still awake. They're excited because that the sale that they're going to experience is on the investment side of the aisle. Yes. Not on the all birds side of the aisle. Right. Right. I'm pick I know it. That's sensitive for you. No, I'm, no, I'm, I'm in, good. I'm in your inner sanctum of footwear there. I know, but I'm good. I got plenty of birds. We're good for a while. That's the ideal. Yeah is having cash in a recession from an investment standpoint, whether it to be take the stock advantage. market, the real estate market. Sure. And maybe you maybe you you're into buying businesses. I don't I don't know what you're into. Sure. But that side of it is a wonderful opportunity. And I, I get your concern over 
people going into the holidays and, you know, things being on sale and maybe they rack up the credit card to do it. Well, and especially here in California, because what concerns me is while we have the Fed pulling the brakes on those three levers you talked about a few episodes ago, you've got the fiscal side of things you would think working in tandem with the Fed, but they're not. Our government, both at a state and federal level. Can we redefine fiscal policy? Ah, okay. So, well, monetary policy is the the money supply, right? The the policies around money, and the Fed's in charge of that. Okay, the Fed does The Federal Reserve Bank, right? Cool. Fiscal policy. They have the spigot on cash flow how much in cash out of is the in the economy? System. Right. Okay. And there's three different levers they can use to control the amount of cash. Sure. The red one, the white the, one, and the blue one. Bingo. Right. Then you've got this thing called fiscal policy, which is the policies established by Congress, bills and laws that are passed by Congress, signed by a president, that dictate things like tax law, like fiscal stimulus, the ability to take taxes that the government has collected and send them all back to us in the form of fiscal stimulus to help ease our pain and suffering. So you have these two independent entities that in a perfect world would be in alignment with the fact that trying to put an end to the inflation that we see today, let's work together to do this. But that's not happening. It's not happening. Okay, say more. Well, one, in the state of California, if you make under $500,000 a year, you're receiving more stimulus as we speak here in studio today. Oh. There has been more money. How is it? Is it? It's being distributed by direct deposit based on what you put for your 2021 and 2020 adjusted gross income. So based on your adjusted gross income, and and this is a very easily, easy Googleable thing, so we don't have to take time today. You can see how much, but it's up to $1,400 per taxpayer depending on your income. And that phases out up to a half a million dollars a year. That's more gasoline still being dumped on the campfire. So when you have one entity working in complete and utter self-interest. So they're Tylenol, they're Advil. Let's put this in the the pain reliever aisle. Sure. They're trying to be Advil. I'm not sure I'm following you what you mean by they're Tylenol, they're Advil. Well, you're sending me some stimulus that's that's Ah. easing my pain. Ah, okay. I don't I don't feel the aches and pains as much because you just sent me some, you just sent me 1400 Tylenol. They're just masking the pain whereas on the monetary side the Federal Reserve Bank is actually cutting you open they're and the, doing they're, surgery they're and the, fixing well, the problem. The, they they're they're inflicting the pain. Yes, they are inflicting the pain. And right wrong or indifferent whether they screw this up and go too far or not, I will at least give Jay Powell the credit for having the courage to do the hard thing which is to crush this demand and slow this thing down. Well, we could do a whole show on the Monday morning quarterbacking as if we were ESPN on Monday after the NFL games. We absolutely will be doing that once yeah. it's all said and done. Well, That's the beauty well, of having podcast microphones. We're, we're doing it now in the context of, and the analogies that I've been using with clients, is it's like trying to get the temperature right in your, in your bedroom. Yeah. Right? You, I happen to know, are a hot sleeper. <laughs> I am also a hot sleeper, so I like my bedroom to be like a meat locker. 52 degrees. That's that's kind of, that's your, your you know, on a cold plate. That's uh-huh. kind of me. Uh-huh. Like if I could sleep on a cold plate, that'd be pretty good. Oh, I love to sleep rare. The whole context, and you'll, and you'll hear all the media talk about, you know, a soft landing and a hard landing and all this stuff that the Fed is trying to do relative to 
the easing and the quantitative tightening and all this, all these shenanigans that are going on with the Fed. Yeah. They, as we said, they took everything to zero, right? Mm -hmm. It was the old open the floodgates, Hal, right? They just, boom, they took interest rates to zero. They took the Federal Reserve bank requirements to zero. And, and they bought a whole bunch of assets on the books. And they bought a whole bunch of assets on the books to just stimulate the bejesus out of this, Yep. right? So what did we do? We overcooked the turkey. We, we, got, the, we got it too hot in the room, Yeah. right? Now, just keep the analogy alive. Just we're, we're starting to cool this thing off. Yep. But guess what they're likely to do? They're likely to turn it down too cold. Yeah, the turkey's going to have ice chips on it, and it's going to be a burnt turkey that's now frozen. And the way they do that is they increase interest rates. So they are increasing interest rates at a rate that we have never, I repeat, never seen before. I just had a call this week with one of your, one of your former employers, not checking your background, but talking to them about this little page that they have that looks at the you know, a little bit like a sports book. Like, what are, you know, what are the odds that the Bills are going to beat mm. the Chiefs this weekend? Mm. Well, this has to do with the Federal Reserve and the likelihood of them raising interest rates in the November meeting. Oh, they get December off. I think I'm going to MGM to place no, a they bet don't on get that, December by the way. November, no. December, they get January off, right. February and March. Right. Over those four meetings, they are anticipate the bond market is anticipating that interest rates from the Federal Reserve are going to go up 2%. Oh, lovely. Right. So that is that is taking the the dial on the thermostat and cranking this thing cold. So that would go from where where are we at now? Three point six. Three, I think three fifty. Okay, so that would take it to five and a half from zero. No, we're not at three fifty. Or from point two. Sorry, hang on, I forget. Yeah, we're plus or minus three. We're around three and a half, and they're we're going to get to about five. We're going to get to five from at the Federal two, Reserve from point two five. From point two five. Yeah. So let's use a sports car analogy, right? That's like going from zero to 60 in a half a second. Yeah. Right. You just. What's that percentage increase? Point. I can't do that big of math. Point two five to five. Well, there's a reason why. 2,500 times? Let's go back to 1981 when. I was was 11. I was watching probably. I was nine. I was probably watching. Ninja Turtles, Mighty, Mighty Mouse, Street. Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers' was big. Neighborhood, Attaboy. Sesame Street was big. Mash, Not at eleven. Mash. You were watching. I was Mash. watching Mash with my brother. Yeah. Okay. So back then, when inflation was Paul Volcker rampant, Paul Volcker took rates from ten to fifteen. That's a fifty percent increase. Today, we're going from a quarter percent to five to five. Massive. Yeah, that might that might ice things down a little. Here's my takeaway. Here, here's here's why we're we're doing all this. Be prepared. Be prepared, and let's not get sucked into the fact that these sales might bait us into buying stuff we really don't need. Let's make this holiday season, and let's make the holiday gifts about what you were talking about, which is the girls coming home and wanting to be with their people. Let's make the holidays this year about fostering connection, because isn't that really what financial sobriety is all about. It's about bringing a more intentional relationship for you with your money, with your people, and with yourself. So let's put all this noise aside. Let's forget about the temptation and the dangling of the carrot of all these cool, cheap goods that we're going to be able to go gobble up because we think we need them. Yet if we really apply 10-10-10, we know most of that garbage is going to be sitting in a closet or on a shelf somewhere in six weeks 
simply collecting dust. Pay yourself first, and let's build a holiday that fosters connection with the people, the places, and the experiences that truly bring us joy in life. And with that, brother, that's a wrap. If you like what you heard, leave us a review and be sure to subscribe. And check out our website, yourfinancialsobriety.com. Thanks again for listening today. Here to help you find more clarity, confidence, and capability along your journey into financial sobriety. I'm Matthew Grishman. And I'm Jim Gebhardt. Be intentional with your money. Jim Gebhardt is a registered representative of and securities offered through Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, member SIPC. Jim Gebhardt and Matthew Grishman are investment advisor representatives of Gebhardt Group Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, and Gebhardt Group Incorporated are not affiliated. The opinions in this podcast are for informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or investment recommendations. To determine which investments or financial advice may be appropriate for you, consult a financial advisor prior to investing. Any reference to market performance is based on historical information and there is no expressed or implied guarantee of future performance. Opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of Brokers International Financial Services, LLC. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Gebhardt Group Incorporated does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance.